All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm good. Yep. I'm 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 good. Sure. Yep. Are you sure that you're sure? I'm trying to figure out how to create a false start here. You you go. I'll think of something. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think we. We can't start. It's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, I'm actually starting a new recording. You good? Yep. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. I Once just figured again. out how to do a false start. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a show. I'm not starting it over again. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> To a new installment of Screenplay Rewind featuring myself and this asshole over here. <laughs> uh, I'm Ron. No. You're an asshole. I'm surrounded <laughs> by assholes. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> Take a drink because it took us 25 seconds to have a Spaceballs reference. Oh, man. How do we do this again? This I have podcast? no idea. This is where we have video, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. This is okay. this is video, but no audio. Oh, yeah. does it have like silent film captions? But you, you just, just hold like, up two cards. <laughs> you just hear me, like you just see me mouthing words, and then the it cuts to the all black dialogue. Asshole. <laughs> Somewhere out there is probably a YouTube channel that has no audio. It's just a guy with a whiteboard that writes things on it and holds it up and then erases it. I guarantee see you. See, and he probably has 2 million subscribers because the weirder your idea is, the more popular it is because less people are doing it. Right. We should probably do that if it's not already done. Then we could actually have like... Someone's already doing it now as of this podcast going live and they already have 2 million followers. God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> Shouldn't have fucking patented it, man. Should have. I don't know why you keep giving this shit away for free. Uh, Yeah. Really, really great business move on our part. But yeah, this is a this is a podcast. We have to talk. Which something actually, which you and I proved in the green room. Neither one of us can do today. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a fucking shitstorm. Oh uh, yeah, or I'm shit poo. <laughs> <laughs> no one oh. else is gonna know what that was referencing, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, before we get into the show proper, I have. A question prompt. Oh boy. Uh this is one courtesy of my girlfriend Aurora. And her question for us, Ron. Uh-huh. Is what is your favorite Disney song and why? I will let you go first, completely on the spot. It changes. But currently, it's probably Show Yourself from Frozen 2. It's a good one. Um as for why that one scene, that one song is the culmination of everything that happened in both movies, basically. Um, it's the completion of that character's story arc and and um, her finding out who she is and self acceptance and self love and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just a it's just a it's just a big big moment for that character. So Frozen Two has excellent songs, and it's I, uh, I, that that I think, whole um, scene is just beautifully done. The way everything is animated, and 
and just everything the way, the way everything works together the the big reveal since we're not covering it I'm, i mean who hasn't seen frozen 2 it made a billion dollars but i think i was the i was literally the last person <laughs> on the planet to watch frozen 2 because we watched it like what two months ago yeah something like I think that I, yeah i was like the last i was like the 99.99 percentile it um for a while that was the scene that always made me want to cry in that movie it's very good. I think so. Into the Unknown might be my favorite song for that movie, but I've only seen it once, so that could change, you know, if I watch it a couple more times. Interesting interesting th- uh, thing about Into the Unknown and Show Yourself. You can tell by watching the scene in the movie, but they were told basically to engineer a Let It Go moment for the movie. Yeah. Because Let It Go, remember how that exploded. Um, Into the Unknown was meant to be that, and it ended up being Show Yourself. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> So they're, I mean, they're both excellent. So oh yeah, they, they were they were probably pretty happy with the the outcome. Still, the Lopez's man. Yeah, I think my answer is how far I'll go from Moana. Yeah. I I really I'm, obviously I'm a fucking massive fanboy for Lin Manuel, and I just love that song. I, I love the uh, the scene transitions they have as the song is happening too, showing you know her inner like turmoil about what she wants to be and what her family wants her to be and i think it just like really sets up the movie incredibly well and it's just like a great song it's it's so catchy the what is wrong with me part always made me really sad yeah and it's just one of those things it's such like a great character thing to build the movie around because it's such a it's such a personal thing that everyone pretty much goes through. It's like, you, especially when you're a teenager, you're trying to figure out because, you know, ever everyone places all the pressure in the world on most people to figure out what they're going to be in life. You know, when they're like 17 and 18 years old about to be, you know, be of the age of where we unfortunately typically send kids to college when they have no idea what they want to be. And they're just kind of scrambling. I just think it like really sells that part of the theme really, really well. And it's a beautiful song saying wonderfully. Yeah, I agree. Um, for a long time before Show Yourself, it was, um, uh, what's the, uh, oh my God, I can't think of the name of the song. It's, um, it's the, it's the scene when she's down and then grandma shows up to talk to her. Oh yeah. And then the, the big, I am Moana and dives down to get the stone and stuff. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. For a long time, it was uh, that one because that was the scene in that movie that always made me want to cry. <laughs> yeah, her her grandma is such an awesome character too. Moana, how you make grandmas. Encanto, how you don't make grandmas. <laughs> right. Oh my god. But I still think of grandma as the lady with the melt stick from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. And every time I hear her voice, just like I just hear Jeff Goldblum, like, no, no, not the melt stick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You want to talk about this week's movie, though, Ron? Yes, I do. Let's fucking... Oh, here's a quick follow-up question. If you had to pick a favorite song from, like, the 80s and 90s era of Disney, which one jumps out to you immediately from that group and you like your Little Mermaids and your Lion King Aladdin type eras? Oh, man. I had... Three songs from Aladdin leap out at me instantly when you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I uh, my favorite villain song, Disney villain song is Prince Ali Reprise, which is Jafar's Jafar mm-hmm. picking up the Prince Ali part at the end after he gets the genie. Uh, but Friend Like Me is just such a fucking good song. It's very good. Um, I had that. Um, Prince Ali reprise and um, a whole new world all left out at me when you said that. I really like. Uh, actually, from I've been listening to a bunch of these on repeat. Uh, because Aurora has a bunch of them kind of like burned into my YouTube what? suggestions now. No. Yeah, my, my my half my YouTube suggestions are Disney songs. <laughs> I, I, I really like my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I really like uh Be Our Guest, the original version, a lot. That actually ended up uh being uh I, I actually surprisingly, even though I'm not like the craziest about the live action movie, I actually think the live action songs are better than the animated ones in a lot of instances. I agree. Uh, the bees. That's what I was gonna say is while I like the original Be Our Guest quite a lot. Uh, after hearing the live action version, the original just isn't, it's not just, it's not big enough. It's not grandiose enough the way they just kind of went whole hog with just making, trying to make that song so epic, I think in a really successful way. Cause that's, yeah. that's the big number from that movie, you know? Yeah. Quite like coincidentally, they that, use that, that it is in the their one... marketing. They use it in their marketing for the Disney hotels at their parks. So. I think it was a like wonderful adaptation of it to kind of like modernize it for the for the live action one. And I think it's very good, but for whatever reason, I still like the that's the, that's the one song in that movie I actually prefer the animated version over. I think the rest of them are all dramatically better in the live action version. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and while we're talking about the adaptations, uh, I actually thought the. Um, Friend Like Me and Prince Ali adaptations in the live-action Aladdin movie were good. I thought they were very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Friend Like Me and which one? Prince Ali. Prince Ali. I'm trying to remember. I can I can see Will Smith marching into Agrabah, but I can't place the song. I only saw that movie once. So you I should can't. you should YouTube uh it, it's it's a really, really catchy version of it. And similar to like what you're talking about, how they made it more like grandiose and, and big, they do that with that song as well. And it's actually really good. I I really liked it. Oh my but god. Yeah. Jafar. I just let's, can't. let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about let's that. Let's get as Jafar away from that as we can. Yeah. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Uh, let's talk fucking okay. So this movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Dude, I've been excited for for the fucking WandaVision years. movie got weird. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I have think it ex- could get any weirder than the show. I have been excited. I I've been on record. I think even on this podcast as saying like this was the the whatever fucking phase twenty seven we're in right now. I don't even I've lost track. <laughs> whatever phase we're in, this has been the one I've been looking forward to the most by a fucking long shot. And I was uh, so taken aback originally when they announced that Sam Raimi was going to be the director because I was like, how does Sam Raimi directing a Marvel movie work? Like, do, is it is it just an MCU movie? Because a lot of times they've uh, almost just used the directors as like placeholders because right. they have like the singular vision of it. 
And this is the weirdest and most distinct MCU movie, I, I think, probably ever. Uh, and and uh, obviously, we're going to be going into full spoiler territory for this. So please have watched the movie first because we're going to go into, into, into major details that are I would consider huge spoilers. It's potentially for other MCU projects going forward. Uh, a lot of shit has been spoiled already i'm sure but if, you, if you're interested at all please have watched the movie because we're going to go into you know all the nitty-gritty details but uh man what a fucking <laughs> what a trip of a movie this is uh what, what was your uh just uh we're, i will do the rundown still with the director and, and writer and everything in the cast obviously but what was your just kind of like initial impression because we, we we both did the exact same thing where we watched this basically opening weekend the first few days it was out and since uh, I had picked this to be the next selection for the podcast, we went together uh, and watched it yesterday. So what was your initial reaction to seeing it for the first time a few weeks ago? Um, my initial reaction, I needed time to digest it. Like I liked it and I liked what I saw, but as far as like, you know, we've talked before how the MCU has ran like a TV show and every movie being an episode. Um, trying to digest everything that happens because it got a little bit of the age of Ultron treatment to it, but better managed. Some of the stuff I don't think is still as successful, but um, as other parts of the movie are, but it, I don't know. Like I, I needed, I needed a minute to, to kind of figure out how I liked it. It took me a couple of days to figure out, you know, how much I liked it. And then the second time, just like age of Ultron, knowing what I was going into, uh, I liked it more. I think it's a lot better about the like narrative cohesion you're talking about than Age of Ultron because Age of Ultron felt like a roller coaster of upcoming attractions. It felt like a Viewmaster, and it just each scene was just clicking the slide, and nothing. There's no connective tissue between any of them. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they 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 asked him to do the impossible with just how much shit was crowbarred into that fucking movie. Right. Uh, but uh, I think like what we're talking about with this one, it's it's really just like a a very small section of the movie where you get that kind of Age of Ultron y we're setting up shit in the future type of scenes. Because like I think like the the narrative structure where it's focusing on Doctor Strange and Wanda is all very, very like well done and constru- and well constructed. I think one of the geniuses of it is I could see how there's just like a bullet point list probably from the studio saying you need to set up these things and they probably scratched off half of those in a single scene that i'm sure we're going to talk about oh absolutely (laughs) yeah i think you know exactly what i'm talking about the first thing i have to say i am stunned (laughs) i i am stunned this movie is as dark as it is yes there has actually been like a big backlash where, where people think this should have been R-rated, and I can't inherit, like, uh, uh, like, uh... That's a bit extreme. I, I can't, uh, outright disagree with them, because there's a lot of... It, it's not gory, per se, it's but, I mean, Peggy stuff. Carter gets fucking bisected, dude, with her own shield. Like, there's some brutal shit in this movie. Yeah, there's... It's some but of it's you, you pretty see, brutal, but they don't You see show Black Bolt's head a- implode. You see, you literally that. see Black Bolt's head implode. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, the first time you saw that in a crowded theater, what was the reaction in the audience? Dude, it was, uh, dude, <laughs> dude, it was fucking crazy. Because, like, first of all, first of, all, and again, huge fucking spoilers. Because this scene is amazing. 
<laughs> when she's like, what mouth? And his mouth is gone. And, you're, and that is enough to like, what the fuck? And then his fucking head implodes with the weirdest sound effect that... <laughs> and, and we'll talk about the sound effects in the movie. The sound effects in this movie are amazing. Yes. The sound design has so many just like wonderfully weird and cool uh if you have it, not seen this movie yet, first off, turn off this podcast until you have. But second, make sure you're seated in the middle of the aisle, center screen. Like, because the sound design in this movie is amazing. Yeah, probably the best sound design the, the MCU's ever had. And they're like 30 movies in. This is so where it was the most important. Yeah, absolutely. But what I was going to say, uh, the fact that this movie is so dark... It, uh, this is just as much an Evil Dead movie as it is an MCU movie, and I can't fucking believe that happened. Because as soon as Sam Raimi was announced as the as the new director for it, especially with him being uh, almost like their kind of backup option, uh, because this was originally going to be Scott Derrickson again. Scott Derrickson uh, early on in production left the project, so it wasn't like they initially. He's- still producer or executive producer yeah he's still uh, an executive producer on it but he's uh when they announced Raimi as like the backup option coming in i felt what he was going to be was kind of like a they got him because he was do you remember when the han solo movie that when they got ron howard to be kind of like the safe this is a guy with this is a guy with a lot of experience he will get the movie from point a to point z and it's going to get made just because he's, you know, he's, he's doing it, you know, forever. And just kind of that type of guy. This is a fucking Evil Dead movie. They pivoted so far in the other direction when they got Raimi that it is a fucking Evil Dead movie. And that's why I love it. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite MCU movies. It, this, I, this is like, it's just <laughs> fucking because well, we probably talked about it at some point. One of my all time favorite movie franchises is the Evil Dead. Fucking love the Evil Dead. And there's so much Evil Dead tone to this and callbacks and that it just makes me I, I was just like grinning like a fucking idiot in the in the theater both times watching it the first time just being completely fucking taken aback at how much they let Raimi be Raimi yeah. in an MCU movie 30 movies in and I think this bodes so well for the MCU uh, this is a different topic for later but I think this bodes so well that they're willing to let the voice change like they realize that we can only have so many dozens of movies in the like cookie cutter version of the MCU where it always feels like the same voice that can only last so long. And especially with, you know, in game happening, it feels like the right time to, to pivot away from that type of tone. And if you're just going to let, you know, like this, this excites me to see like what they're going to let other people do with the movies. If they're going to let Raimi just make a fucking evil dead sequel inside the MCU <laughs> of Dr. Strange. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm a little bit more plugged in to entertainment news than you are. I remember there was a moment there was um, one of the podcasts I listened to was talking about how, and you can kind of see it kind of near the end of the movie where they were like, hey, uh, Mr. Raimi, we're going to need you to tone it back a little bit. We are going for PG-13 um in the middle of uh of development i remember that really? you can, yeah and there's uh there's some moments where uh later in the movie you can see how we just kind of uh we just kind of jump in between some of the graphics where it 
it looks like it could have easily been a lot more graphic than it was. And there's this uh, deterioration going on with Doctor Strange later that it goes from like it it just kind of makes a jump of it seems like it should be more dramatic than it was with the way he's falling apart and deteriorating and stuff. Um, you can see where they kind of maybe airbrushed over some of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Knowing Sam Raimi, he probably had just a mountain of fake blood explode from his body. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. They. Yeah. Uh, but the way, the thing that this movie does most successfully, I think, is the way that it... Mm, parody is not the right word, but the way that it imitates a horror movie so well, and it has that Raimi touch of a little bit of the wink and nod at the camera um, mm-hmm. it, all the time throughout the whole thing. The thing I'm thinking of most, though, is when Wanda is covered in all the oil from the Ultron robots, <laughs> like it's fucking blood. And yeah. she's chasing them uh, underneath the river, uh, things like that. Um, another wink and a nod at the camera. Um, a specific example of that is when Doctor Strange is going to stand up, and he just randomly hits the piano, and it's the stereotypical musical stinger that is now yes. a joke. From and we'll talk about movies. that fucking scene because that's one yeah, of my favorite scenes in anything of all fucking time. Holy shit, I love that scene so much. Like if you're not and, and, familiar with Sam Raimi horror movies, that is literally Raimi. Pausing the movie, stepping in front of the camera, giving you the most exaggerated wink, and then stepping back and hitting the play button again because that's just what he does. And what a genius like decision too to make this one be the one that is essentially like an MCU horror movie when you're dealing with the Scarlet Witch, who is so terrifyingly powerful, she needs to be presented in that way. Yes. Uh, like, I, th- I think it's great that they have so many sequences, like, like when they, when you pivot to have just like, like literally a horror movie when she is taking over the mind of the other universe's Wanda. Like that scene is so cool when she is, you know, slowly starting to possess her and you yes. just see like, like you see like the, her, her own image in the, in the photo move. And you just start seeing like all of the like weird shit happening with the geometry in the scene and like the, the music. Uh, it just switches to straight up horror movie. It's man, it's it, like one of those. Um, there was a wave for a while of horror movies that were aimed at teenagers, that were all like PG thirteen. You had stuff like uh, like Darkness Falls and things like that that were coming out. Just it just seemed like Bing Bang Boom all the time. It was very reminiscent of those in certain places, like that scene you're talking about with the pictures, her turning and looking at her. Her reflection is the Scarlet Witch. Um, she drops amazing stuff with her eyes. Yes. She drops the, uh, the stuff she's carrying and it falls sideways instead of dropping Mm -hmm. down, uh, things like that. It's very reminiscent of those, those type movies. And it's just, it's just fucking nuts how much like, and, uh, I, I have to give kudos as well. Uh, not enough credit for people who do like this movie is given to the writer, Michael Waldron, but this guy is, is just insane. So the guy has, let me see. He has five total writing projects on his IMDb resume, right? Oh, he was a producer on Loki. He created Loki. Oh, he created Loki. He's the, he's the creator of Loki. Oh. He's the writer of Doctor Strange 2. 
He created the Heels uh, wrestling TV show that has like rave reviews. The one that has Stephen Amell. I didn't like, know he was in a wrestling TV show. Uh, yeah, it was a show that he left uh, to, to Arrow to do. Uh, I didn't and, know he left Arrow. Yeah, Arrow is done. It ended a few years ago. Arrow ended a few years ago? We're good for them. <laughs> they can rest now. <laughs> <laughs> you can rest now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Heels has, Heels has a fucking like 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and everyone Jesus. raves that it's amazing. Is it, and, and then like, this guy is just... He, like, it's just insane his his first full-blown thing because he's just so good and feige just finds people that he has uh you know and if, if he has confidence in you he'll just run with you this guy's writing kevin feige's star wars movie that he's i was producing. gonna say i'm looking at untitled star wars slash kevin feige project so it's just like it's like fucking insane like your for your first full project he and like he was a writer for rick and morty he only wrote one episode so like his first full job was creating fucking Loki on Disney Plus and then writing Doctor Strange too. So like I think this guy is probably gonna end up being fight you know how remember how like uh the Russo brothers and the two guys uh, I think it was like I think it was like Marcus and McFeely. You remember how they were the group that that that, that kind of orchestrated like Civil War and Endgame and Infinity War and became kind of like the guys to run like the big projects. I think right. that's this guy now. I, I think Feige has just so much confidence in this guy's ability, and and I, and I can't disagree because Loki is one of my favorite things they, they've ever done. They used Loki to sell Disney Plus subscriptions. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, the like, marketing for Disney Plus. It wasn't get Disney Plus and have access to the Disney Vault. It was if you get Disney Plus, you get Loki. Exactly. And, and, you know, Loki is one of my favorite projects they've ever done. Uh, Doctor Strange 2, like I said before, just because it's just fucking just you might as well have just tailor made this for me. Like, There's a I lot. Like Doctor, I like this... Doctor Strange. I like horror movies. I like right. I like Evil Dead. Like, it's just all the fucking, you know, checklists for just Jeff Crack. And I. Yeah, I'm just I'm so excited to see like what this guy does now. like only made fucking six credits on IMDb and then just to see like the track record already is insane. Right. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie that is very reminiscent of Loki, so that makes total sense. Yeah. Like when they go to um the um uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum in the uh universe having the incursion. Mm -hmm. That is very much like uh near the end of Loki when they're uh, they're like in the weird in between world with fucking Reptilicus in the middle of it or something. <laughs> Reptilicus. Yeah. Tryptocon. Yeah. Um Yeah, this um uh, this movie man, it's a fucking trip. The stuff that didn't really work for me was the uh America Chavez shoehorn. I feel like that needed more time or something. It felt that anything with her story, even though it's 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 hard to explain because the whole movie is her story, but the same time anything to do with her character development was uh felt very rushed because literally the moral the thing was in the end was just believe in yourself and i was like i went from dimension to dimension for believe in yourself from a zombie like yeah that part her, her seemed really really weak to me it's like the power of friendship was the power all along <laughs> it's, it's somewhere like on that level yeah it, it's she's she she's like a 50 percent character 50 percent just plot device right 
And I really and think, I think that would have worked better if he had just kept her a plot device because that was working fine till we got to that point. It's the MCU. You have time to, you know, stretch your legs. You can well, do they, more they development also, with her in later movies. They they also probably just want to do that. They probably want to just save more character stuff because they, they they left open the plot uh, thread of like her and her parents and everything. So they're they're probably going to use her again. Because they went out of their way to just have this, you know, to have her be an actual character. Because uh, America Chavez is not a character I'm familiar with. Yeah, but I'm she's apparently from the comics. Either. And, you know, she's a fan favorite of the people who have, you know, read her issues and stuff. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I 1000% agree with you. I just don't think it matters because the movie is focused around uh, Strange oh. and, and, and Wanda. My God, I just learned something. What's that? If we had heard him speak, I probably would have known this. Um, Black Bolt, the voice, the guy that was playing Black Bolt, yeah, Anson Mount, yeah. Apparently, he's Black Bolt in the Inhumans TV series, which I never watched. Yes, but yeah. apparently, he's also Sebastian Castellanos from The Evil Within, which is the character oh, you yeah. play as. Nice. And he's Batman in the Injustice video game. Yeah, he was actually someone that people had been throwing around the idea of actually just having him be live action Batman at one time. Wow. And if, if you look at him, you kind of you kind of buy it because it kind of looks like him, dude. Um, yeah, I can see how Sebastian Castellanos was probably modeled after him. To be honest, probably. Huh? That kind of blew my brain. Uh, well, uh, no pun intended. R.I.P. <laughs> and it also just kind of was cool of them to bring him back for this yeah just After, to blow his brains just, out just but like at least he you know, had some cool scenes because like when you're like all excited to be in a marvel project and that marvel project is the goddamn inhumans show that sucks <laughs> that's a right. bad break i heard it was but, pretty bad but i never heard why uh it, i can tell you why because it was fucking show ran by Scott Buck, who oh, no. show ran the no. first season of Iron Fist and no. ruined Dexter and is just the biggest hack in the history of Hollywood, not named James Cameron. I didn't realize Buck was the one behind it. Okay. Yep. That, that makes Which, the sense. Which, by the way, by the way, did y'all did 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 see Iron Fist? Why are you doubling down and giving the guy more jobs? <laughs> what are you talking? That you should never work again after having made the first season for Iron Fist. I'm yeah. just saying. Just saying. Like pigs swimming in gravy. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Actual line from that fucking show. Oh my god. Fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. I I 1000 agree with you. I just don't care. <laughs> I just do not. I like. I could not give less much about her. I, I could not give less of a shit about her character because she is not why you're there. Right. I do not like I totally get. I think they probably would have been better served to and granted the movie. The movie actually, I think one of its biggest strengths is its runtime. So yes. all the MCU movies have been creeping towards like two hours and 30 minutes as like the minimum point. This movie is two hours and six minutes and feels a lot quicker than that. So they might have had more America Chavez stuff in scenes that were cut because Raimi wisely realized no one gives a shit about America Chavez. They're here right. for these other characters that are the focal point of the movie. 
we'll have America Chavez be in here enough as we need her to be to get the like to, to move the movie's plot around and then go from there because I think they spend like uh correctly more time focusing especially on like like the continuation of Wanda's story I think is very well yes because uh, um, this is all what I wanted out of like one of my hugest criticisms of WandaVision ended up making sense because they were saving what I wanted out of that character for this this is because because their uh, hugest problem for the longest time was their villains. And you have this like golden opportunity to make her, you know, this really, really compelling character turn and, and a great villain. We talked in the WandaVision episodes that we did about how we think Elizabeth Olsen's, you know, just fucking incredible and never got the time she deserved for how amazing she is and how good she is as, as this character. And yeah, like they set her up beautifully in WandaVision just how fucking crazy powerful she is and just like the setup for this movie is, is is amazing and i'm so glad they finally got to have more time for elizabeth olsen just to show how amazing she is yeah the uh the thing the last thing i was going to say about america chavez is the reason i brought her up is we literally end the movie was seeing her at kamataj like training on how to like control her power so to me that almost just completely eliminates the whole need for believe in yourself because if her power activates every time she's scared and freaked out, you can just use that and then show her getting her training at the end like you did, and that corrects the whole problem Um, in my mind. Not needing to. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole believe in yourself, you know, and you can kick that witch's ass. Like, to me, you correct the whole problem by just still showing her not fully controlling her powers and then we shut we saw her at the end of the movie at kamataj learning how to control her powers so or beginning to learn how and to me yeah. that that corrects the whole thing um but the reason i showed up and the reason you showed up is this is the uh the serenity to wandavision's firefly and where we finish wanda's story basically and the only thing that disappoints me about them using wanda is i believe you and i at the end of wandavision part two when we uh i forget which episode number that was but mm -hmm. i believe you and i said that we wanted her as the phase four villain but I was happy that we got her at least for a movie, a single movie as a villain. Um, yeah. And, and who knows they, they, they might, they might use her more. I mean, we still have her, she, right? It's the multiverse. We still have she, her. And you, you, they, she also has the Scarlet Witch power still within her. So she probably is not dead. Right. I, I would be shocked if she was actually dead. They could do a thing where they, because we've reached the off. point where the Marvel Universe can do whatever it wants and there's no ramifications for it anymore. <laughs> they can also just have it where she died as Wanda, but she's still alive as the Scarlet Witch. And since she's no longer attached to like uh, like Wanda's moral compass at the end of the day, like what, you know, what ends up making her change her mind at the end is, you know, seeing like the kids being afraid of her. They that, Since if she's no longer attached to Wanda's, uh, you know, like conscience, she could just be a villain too. You know, they can, they can do a number of things. And right. Uh, it, it is just, uh, if, if you were going to have her be uh, a villain at all 
and you didn't want to make her like a large scale villain like uh, i think this was great use of her character and they do so many awesome things with her character and those it's amazing like how awesome is that scene when she uh you know is trying to figure out how to get into Cambertage and you just see her when the, the like the audio goes silent and just and whispers run into the guy's ear when she slides out from behind him is so good like you've almost forgotten at this point that's one of her powers because she hasn't really used it since age of ultron right because mm-hmm. she's the one that gave tony stark his vision um of the avengers being killed and the earth like basically being destroyed so uh you haven't really seen that power i don't think yeah outside of like she's kind of doing it yeah in, in, you know in, in westview just on a large scale but not that specific kind of instance of it yeah you know? um that's the westview was almost more control just action straight straight up control whereas she's planting a suggestion or a seed uh in people's minds yeah, this, but yeah exactly when she, when she just slides out and says right dude her threat of everything that's happened so far is me being reasonable what a hell of a threat that is yeah it's awesome uh when she shows up in the dark ominous cloud also i just like yeah okay we have now said to the audience that we have made the full turn yeah. <laughs> um also Kamataj doesn't seem that impressive these days after Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just got to say. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I love, though, the idea that... So we always had the Hong Kong Sanctum. We always had the London Sanctum. But I love the idea now that they're, like, different in their new iterations, right? The Hong Kong was, like, full, like, Chinese garb, but it still looks like the Kamataj garb. And it was the same with the uniforms from London. It was very London, but also looked like it fit in with Kamataj. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that we're kind of stretching that out to be almost like Harry Potter, where there was the different schools. Um, yeah, really neat. yeah, like fitting in more locally with their with their area. Uh, let's quickly, uh, we've mentioned, you know, several people just uh, organically, but let's actually just run through the cast. Uh, so obviously Benedict Cumberbatch is back as Doctor Strange. We talked about Elizabeth Olsen uh, being back as Wanda and the Scarlet Witch. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is back as Baron Mordo, but purely the uh, other universes. I think it was like eight three eight was like their universe uh, for that one. Uh, they the it's interesting too. I actually kind of like how the universe that they've stated is like the mcu uh, i think it's 616 yes. is the universe that the marvel comics are like the main marvel comics universe is set into which is pretty cool and i think Easter the egg. first time you hear that in the mcu was mysterio right maybe yeah i th- yeah i think they did that as like an easter egg then and then it ended up being like a legit thing right here. yeah i was gonna ask you in in you're more familiar with the happenings in the comics than I am. Is 838 a significant one? Because we spend a lot of time in 838. Or did they just... They had to pick one. Uh, they, They've done so many different universe storylines in the comics just after how many ungodly amount right. of... <laughs> just the ungodly amount of Marvel comics since the 70s. It's probably a thing. I'm not familiar with it personally, mm-hmm. but it would not shock me at all. Because like they have... If they have goddamn America Chavez in here, it's probably a thing. Because <laughs> everything is if everything is a thing, it seems like. Because I was just 
trying to run through my head. It's like, why are we naming the well, the one that we're in specifically? It yeah. just it just felt like a, another Easter egg, or um, it's going to be important in the future or something. It probably is a, it, is just an Easter egg to the comics, if I had to guess. Right. Another just another just thing that has to be a blatant nod to the comics, because otherwise, why does it exist? The bull guy. <laughs> uh, so, is that supposed to be the Minotaur, or is that somebody I, else? I have literally no idea, but My, I think it's I think it's very funny to think about being that actor, and everyone's like, "Oh, dude, you, I'm so excited for you. you're going to be in a Marvel movie. What character do you play? I'm the bull guy." Because <laughs> the thing is, uh. The, uh, my only experience with the Minotaur is the Immortal Hulk. And in the Spider-Man game, there is uh, trucks driving around the world that's like Minotaur Trucking Service or something. They all say Minotaur on the side of them. And that is the beginning and end of my experience with the Minotaur. Yeah. The, uh, the rest of the cast, let's finish running it down. Uh, Benedict Wong is Fuck back yes. as Wong. Fucking love Wong. One I'm of the best glad characters. they gave him so much more to do. Hey, he's a complete badass in this movie too. Love it. Uh, Sochi Gomez is America Chavez. Rachel McAdams is uh, Christine Palmer. In all the universes. You have uh, Jet Klein and Julian Hilliard. You play Tommy and Billy Maximoff. Michael Stilbarg is back in a brief moment as uh, Doctor West. And then uh, the the big. Oh, I would probably dude. I wanted uh, this get, so much. I this how was much my did you, favorite what if. I wanted it so bad. How much did you geek out the first time you saw that they had Captain Carter in here? It's pretty oh, fucking sweet. Oh, Captain Carter, that was amazing. She even had the fucking jetpack. Yeah, and she uses it in the fight too. Dude, awesome. her her anime moves with the jetpack was so fucking cool. And then she gets bisected. <laughs> and then uh, she gets bifurcated, but it was worth. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, we talked about Anson Mount, uh, who is reprising his role as Black Bolt. What, before his what head Mount? Gets, before his forehead <laughs> gets exploded. Uh, a cool, a cool twist. Uh, Dude, I actually thought this was having awesome. Lashana, having Lashana Lynch play Captain Marvel was really cool. Yes, I loved uh, it. She's she's uh, what's her face's buddy in the Captain Marvel movies, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I've only seen Captain Marvel like once. I, I was thinking that was her, but I wasn't 1,000% sure. Yep, that was her. And then uh, it's uh, you see her her picture, I think a picture of her in WandaVision. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because her daughter is... Uh, 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 oh, God. What's her... Uh, her daughter, the little I... girl from uh, Captain Marvel grows up. Photon? No. That's like her superhero name. Uh, yeah, but she her gets her powers in WandaVision. Yeah, her actual character name, I'm pulling it up now, is Monica. Okay, Monica so Rambo. The other thing about this version of Captain Marvel, I love that the biggest fight in 838 was Wanda and Captain Marvel because both of them... Okay, so Wanda's powers were awakened by the Mind Stone and enhanced by the Mind Stone. But she had her own power to begin with, we found out, in WandaVision. But uh, Captain Marvel's powers came from the Tesseract. So you had people that got large portion of their abilities from fucking Infinity Stones going at it. And that's the way it should be. They got their powers yeah. from Infinity Stones, and they're the biggest clash. Yeah, and it's also it's just like such like a good showing 
because uh, like even before like, Infinity War happened, uh, I I remember like telling a friend of mine the first thing they're gonna have Thanos do is casually beat the Hulk because that is the easiest way to instantly establish just how much of like a threat they are. Yeah, and then to to have her, to have Wanda just be able to. It's not easy, but within about three minutes, kill Captain Marvel. Who's a super saiyan. She, literally a yeah. super saiyan. I li- yeah. I, I, like I was telling Aurora about that, like, like Captain Marvel is basically Goku, like, just indestructible. Just, like, she she casually takes out the fucking Thanos ship. <laughs> like, yeah. She flew through it fucking, like fucking supersonic. Yeah, she's she's crazy. And then, like, to have Wanda kill her in, in, in a... Just brutal way to like drop in that pillar on her. It's, it's, it's hardcore, dude. Who's the statue of, by the way? I do not remember. It was a statue that she dropped on her. I was I was trying to figure out, was it the Captain Marvel statue? Uh, maybe. I'd have to look for it specifically next time I watch it. Uh, but also like how the security bots are Ultra, are, uh, Ultrons, Ultron, you know? Yeah, it, in it worked universe. in this universe. Yeah, the Ultron protocol, whatever worked. Uh, one that has potentially really big implications for future movies is uh, John Krasinski playing Reed Richards. Now, so is he gonna be Reed Richard, Reed Richards, or is he Reed Richards for this movie? Because we know the Fantastic see, Four the, are coming in. See, that's the thing, and what also throws like uh, like a wrench in the idea of this is that. Uh, I believe his name is John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland stepped away from the Fantastic Four MCU entry that he had originally signed on to. So I don't really know. Uh, If I had to guess, I would say he is going to be Reed Richards in the next Fantastic Four movie. Because I know that that's one of the castings that pissed off a lot of people. Oh, Um, really? There were were also a lot of people that were actually clamoring for John Krasinski as Reed Richards before the movie even came out. Say the the two MCU castings that have been pissing off people, at least what I've been hearing and reading about, is apparently everyone is just kind of tired of John Krasinski being in everything or directing in everything or writing everything. Um, Mm. And uh, Harry Styles uh, being Yeah, I can see that. That's that's like the two that uh, apparently there's like a small contingent that's like, yay, Harry Styles. And then apparently it's like a 50-50 split on John Krasinski. I feel like it's probably more people that are positive about John Krasinski compared to Styles uh-huh. uh, overall, just because there, there was like, th- this was the thing. I, I had been hearing about John Krasinski and Reed Richards, as, Re- as Reed Richards, I should say, and uh, of his wife, Emily Blunt, as Sue Storm, like a couple of years ago, like this mm-hmm. has been in the rumblings for a while. People wanting them in those as those characters. So I, I think it's now obviously like I, I agree he has been popping up in a lot just because after uh, his career kind of uh, took off with you know with the uh, what was the god the, the name of the horror series he done a uh, quiet place like his his career did like kind of blow up all of a sudden after that. So I I, I could I could totally get that kind of like a backlash to it, but I I'm also. I don't. I, it doesn't really bother me either way, like I, because I, I just, I. It's hard for me to get excited about the Fantastic Fours in general. So I, I'll be like, I'll watch it, but I'm not frothing at the mouth about it. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my only experience with John Krasinski is this movie, so I know nothing about him. He's very good uh, in a quiet place, uh, which I'll probably pick for the the podcast. Uh, for they're doing a, a third one, right? 
Uh, it, I probably isn't, uh, isn't that I, like I it's filming see, right now or something? Probably. I still I still need to see the second one, but I really like the first one, and uh, I, I think there are elements to it that you will really like because a lot of what it's like based around are horror concepts and horror tropes that you and I both like. So I, I think you will like it once I eventually pick it for the show. Probably might pick it for one of our Halloween entries later this year because I had it's been on my short list for a while of movies mm. to get you to watch because I do think there's elements to it that you'll like. But yeah, but we know Fantastic Four is coming in because the end of the Phase Four trailer they put out before any of the movies started ends with the Fantastic Four logo as the four for Phase Four, and then in WandaVision they make a direct reference to Reed Richards. So yeah. and then we finally see him here. So we know they're coming in as well as the X Men. But let's talk about it just real quick, dude. Like the way that she, <laughs> the way the way that she just turns oh, him into spaghetti. He just comes apart like a rubber band ball. It's fucking hardcore, dude. You're just like it's it's hard I'm to watch. Like it, the way I, I'm surprised it took him as long to scream as it did. Yeah, I was no screaming fucking, immediately. It's, it's it's terrifying. She just so casually just. And then murdering that pop them horribly. sound he makes when she opens her fist. Yeah. So okay. So, what is your opinion on them having Patrick Stewart back as as Professor X in here? Fuck yes. Because see, like uh, to me, this is like the thing. Now, obviously, I love Patrick Stewart as his ba -ba -ba, character, ba -ba -ba. and I, and I, I ba -ba -ba, love that he's just in the fucking comic wheelchair. It's really cool. I know that wheelchair from the cartoon, but yeah, yeah, it's from yeah, it's from the cartoon too. Uh, and then to have the musical stinger with the like that you're doing like the '90s cartoon theme, which is so good. But uh, I want like I'm I'm more okay with them having John Krasinski as Reed Richards going forward than I am anyone not named Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen as X-Men characters going forward. I don't want any of the other X-Men film characters, you know, like from the most recent batch of movies, I don't want any of them as their X-Men characters anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I want that aspect of it to be rebooted going forward. So this actually scares me a little bit that they had him as this character. If they were going to do it, it had to be him. If they were going to do it in this movie, it had to be him. But it scares me because this was exactly what I was worried about after they acquired Fox, that they would just copy-paste their X-Men versions, which mostly suck I think, into the MCU. I so think I'm, I'm, working, this worries me a little bit. I think by working in a musical stinger from the 90s cartoon and changing the wheelchair, I don't think you have to worry about copy-paste. Because that, it just, it just the movie that a, he a came bit. from made fun of the idea of huge superheroes wearing colorful spandex. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think with a multiverse, you can do anything you want. I think if they True. were going to do it, uh, in, uh, an effective way to tell an audience you're going to do it is to bring back one of the two, one of the three most iconic people from that franchise for a moment i mean yeah. you can bring in anyone you can completely recast you can have someone new mcavoy and stewart all together if you wanted because we're That's in true. a multiverse so I, I just really hope they go the route of making original casting selections and having a new kind of tone for it because like man you haven't seen just how bad some of those later x-men movies got man like they're brutally bad I, I the, the dark phoenix the dark phoenix one is so bad what's the ivan ooze one uh the apocalypse one so fucking yeah with, bad. Uh, with moon knight moon knight got weird in that movie so bad <laughs> god because I, I often forget that that's uh was it oscar isaac oscar isaac yeah i often forget that that's him 
Uh, but yeah, I, I think Patrick Stewart's obviously great here. And dude, uh, it is cool. Dude, the way he gets dude. taken out is also fucking hardcore. When the okay, let's talk about the let, let's sit here for a moment. One, I like the idea of a psychic going up against witchcraft by she's trapped in her own body, and if he pulls her out, it will probably break the spell. I like the idea that he doesn't know that for sure to begin with because yes, he's out of his depth. Yes. That sequence is so cool. The way the way that she is just in the rubble underneath like the door in yes. just a field of like infinite like white nothingness and is such a, the fact is such that a cool she's visual in that rubble it's not like just the house it's like that's from her childhood as well as we found out like with mm -hmm. the bomb going off and everything but let's talk about the moment his neck gets cracked wanda is a fucking demon yeah and She's a nightmare. She's like literally a nightmare at that instant. She's it's literally crazy. a nightmare. Now, is that how she sees herself? Is that how other Wanda, 838 Wanda, sees her? Is that yeah. why she looks like that? Is this just the way Patrick Stewart sees her? What the fuck movie? Oh, oh, oh and <laughs> talk about amazing visuals when all you see is like the red smoke billowing towards the rubble. Slowly um, billowing towards him as he's trying to pull her out. It's so fucking well done. I love it. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the thing right there. There's so many like little touches like that. I like how also he's doing the most Patrick Stewart thing I've ever seen, which is the fucking nightmare he has stepped into. And he's just all calm and collected. Don't worry. We're going to get you out of here. This red smoke is coming up behind him. Yeah. And just being as calm and collected as he could be, which is, why he was always the perfect Xavier to me. Yeah, love love me some Patrick Stewart, obviously. Uh all of my like worries I, I was talking about have nothing to do with Patrick Stewart himself. He was always amazing and, and perfect. And I, I love his scenes in here. All of my quibbles were potentially, you know, just hypothetical ways of they, they could go in the future that that I think they won't go uh down, but you know, just just talking about out of speculation. Right. But man, like the billowing red smoke in the like the symbol of the rubble and everything is just like this is the type of stuff that like I think makes this one like special because I can't ever remember like this many like uh distinctions in like tone or just elements that like stand out to make it feel different than in like the last like 10 other movies combined now this now obviously like I I don't think this is because we've talked about like some of its problems. I don't think this is like a perfect movie by any means, but just like the balls this movie has to be different and to be like uh, to actually have like a voice that's outside of just the MCU cookie cutter voice, I think is is so perfect for this point in time uh, and is obviously since it's all Evil Dead related shit and horror, I'm I'm all in 1000% for it for me personally, but I, I think it's just good in general and I, I hope they continue going down this route of just letting people kind of like play in the MCU make their own move like, like you remember and it's and it's also just like a, a big kind of like uh shifting point uh in how they're running it in general because like you think about how much this is a sam raimi movie and they were so diametrically opposed to letting edgar wright make ant-man an edgar yes. wright movie so like this is just showing like in like a post in-game world they're going to be more open to, to doing weird and different shit which is good they need to be doing this more they, they, they need to to shift away from you know just how like bland and and you know like how the eternals has like no identity to it 
this has so you might not like Doctor Strange too because of what it does, but it has an identity to it. It's yes, very it's very, very specific. Much. It's Sam it Raimi's has, toy box, is what it is. Exactly, exactly. Oh, so uh, let's let's round out the. Uh, we'll probably talk about the Charlize Theron thing a little bit later because I have no fucking clue who she's supposed I to be. I have no idea what's I, going I, on. That yeah, got I the no biggest clue. pop in the theater. People were cheering. I don't know what I just saw. I yeah, me neither. I, I don't know, and I'm also totally okay with that because I don't. I, I like being surprised, and I like getting introduced to characters in these types of movies that I'm not familiar with because I'm familiar with most of them, and it's cool to have like kind of oddball stuff. Also, just how awesome is the uh, pizza pop up Bruce Campbell thing? Oh my god, I want him to be the new Stan Lee for no reason. Dude agreed, but just just the idea like uh, of having his like arm trying to kill him, uh, yeah, <laughs> as the Evil Dead callback is so is so cool, it's, and I, I just love that a little bit. Yeah, it, I, uh, another uh, wink and a nod, but it totally works. There's also let's just run down like some of the Evil Dead isms that are in here. The thing with the evil books yes. is Evil Dead. Uh, you know, he had like the pizza papa thing, uh, with with Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, you know, people probably familiar with with him from The Evil Dead. You know, he's like, in, like, has he ever not been in a Sam Raimi movie? Because I'm pretty sure he's had him as a cameo in every fucking movie he, he's ever done. He is in the uh, Spider-Man movie based game for PS2 as the guy that does the tutorial. Yeah, and I there's a that point. Now. Where he literally ends one of the tutorial lessons like, okay, now I'm going to go make a sandwich. And then in the next tutorial lesson, he's eating the entire time he's directing you. Fuck yes, he is. And it's amazing. I was like, what is happening? uh, Many camera angles. uh, There's a lot of like Dutch tilts. Yes. Like uh, the, 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 the scene that is probably where it gets like the most evil dead like visually is the sequence when uh Kemertage is being attacked by Wanda. Yeah. And you see the doors closing around, I think it's Wong, Strange, and America. Uh, and you see like when the doors slam, they have the camera tilt in opposite directions and yeah. like 45 degree angles. Those are very evil dead camera angles that Remy loves to do. It's like a uh, lot of that type of stuff. The deadites are straight up in the movie with the uh, oh Souls my God, of the Damned. We, dude, you want to talk about this movie being Jeff Crack. <laughs> so you have Doctor Strange, your master of the mystic arts. Use them. Use them. Do- you have you have Doctor Strange possessing his corpse from a different universe, being attacked by the souls of the damned, and zombie Doctor Strange controlling possessing the souls a of the dead damned. Body is forbidden, Stephen Strange. When he possesses them, in, into fucking soul-filled wings. And turning himself into a fucking Bloodborne boss. I'm just like, yes. I was yes. with Wong. I don't even want to yes. know. I don't even... Yeah, that's probably my favorite <laughs> line of the whole movie. I don't even want to know. <laughs> God damn it, I love it. Uh, it's so weird. It's so weird, it's so and I love weird. it. Oh, dude. And that, that image of, like, I love how all of the, the arms remain, like, individually, like, uh controlled where he just has like the arms jittering in like random directions and shit it's such a fucking metal image when he uh has all the the arms like as the wings i love it trespasser even has like the deadite voices yeah very much so yeah that kind of like high-pitched like asshole like uh... dude okay hold on the callback to dr strange one when he picks up the uh the cauldron thing and mads mickelson pauses and then he goes you don't know how to use that do you 
And then <laughs> Doctor Strange just throws it at him, and then she picks it up and just uses it as a cannon to just blast the the fucking souls of the damned away. Yeah, uh, that that bit is uh, is very Evil Dead, where she's you know fighting off the the what's essentially right. just deadites. You know that 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 sequence is one thousand percent Evil Dead, and I just imagine watching this like having not seen the Evil Dead movies and just being like, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> um. One of the uh, the questions I had, we actually answered last night watching the movie a, a second time because I was just like, why is he trapped? Like, they specifically say in the first movie that they use their sling ring to travel the multiverse. And then uh, they end up trapped in the multiverse. And it's like, well, I kind of missed the part, I think, the first time when all the sling rings just dissolve into red mist and no one has a sling ring yeah. anymore. And I think their their abilities are also a little bit uh like uh, America's abilities seem to be like more potent when it comes to traversing the multiverse because like you remember like all the trouble Strange goes through even to do some of the stuff in like No Way Home, like yeah. their their multiversal abilities outside of controlling stuff in the mirror dimension seem incredibly limited. So I, I that's how I kind of like took it too. But in uh, the in, in, uh, in the first movie, she literally says we use our sling rings to travel the multiverse. Yeah. So it's just like, what 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 is happening? Why is he so dumbfounded about traveling the multiverse? But um, even if that is a thing, I missed the part where his sling ring was just literally evaporated into red mist. I actually really like. I I don't know how much that is a comic conceit the sling ring or if that was created to give him like a potential weakness, weakness. but I actually, I I really like the idea of like turning it into like a web shooter situation. You know, where if you, if you take out Spidey's web shooters, he's more fucked normally than like, than he normally is. So I I like that because I, you need to have, have have they need to have some weaknesses, which is one of the things that makes like Captain Marvel and like Superman so hard to fucking write because they have no goddamn weaknesses. Like, what do you do? Right. You just have to amp up the ability of the bad guy, and that's what makes it kind of get ridiculous. Because you, then you end up having, well, why does the Justice League need to exist when you have Superman? <laughs> you know, exactly shit like shit like that. So I, I think they wisely gave him like some built-in, uh, like weaknesses. Let's let's talk about um, one of the coolest sequences in the movie is the musical note battle. <laughs> Ding. When, when this was when this scene was like unfolding the first time I watched it, I was like. There's no, no way. They're not. There's no way. They're not doing this, right? Who would do this? And, Why would and, they do this? Oh my god. And I love it so much. And they're doing this. This is happening. When the notes slice the candles in half is when I was like, this is happening. It's happening, dude. And yeah. then like once the notes hit, it's like a different like classical Ball. orchestral uh tidbit, you know? The uh the THX logo, the I always what I thought of both times when <laughs> he just fires the brass section at Doctor Strange with the bomb. Uh, I love it so which much. Which always takes me back to Tiny Tunes. It's the sound test. <laughs> yeah, that's a great bit. Uh, but yeah, dude, that whole thing starts again. Stereotypical, not only. Stereotypical, uh, stereotype, whatever you want to call it, of a horror movie, the piano stinger. But that is also a wink and a nod stereotype of Sam Raimi films. And it's literally a joke 
with him going to stand up and randomly hitting the piano and doing the ding, and yeah. that starts the entire music battle. Um, this this is one of the things that like I I think I think uh, the combination of like uh, Raimi and Waldron is is like so perfect for for Doctor Strange and like you just totally see like why they sought him out for this because like they they both work so well together because they just fully embrace like the weirdness that you like need to do to to like really really adapt this character because like Doctor Strange he has these types of stories uh, that are just like out there like did you know there's a Marvel uh comics it's, like, I think it was like a mini series where it's about Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom on like a buddy cop adventure through hell like that's a thing that happened like Huh. These are the types. These are the types of things that, like, where they like they fully embrace like the weirdness of the character that I think serves it really, really well, and like further gives it like more of an identity and makes him, it, it, like, by making him uh, like a weirder character, they make him more like distinct. They they get they get him away from like the cookie cutter nature of it of like a lot of the characters have, uh, and I I I hope they they have this combo back for more because like man I, I want more of it. even even if it's not as specifically horror or as specifically evil dead just knowing that they will commit to doing weird shit like the fucking what is up with the third eye the third eye is out there man like i'm pretty sure that's a thing from dr strange comics probably but uh, just the fact that they have that in the fucking movie yeah it to to audiences because like it was out there for me and i've read some of the comics i'm familiar with how weird the character is and i was still just like i can't believe they adapted that for the fucking movie so like the ancient ancient one told him to open his eye okay and then she grabbed him by the forehead in that exact spot so what do you want from him man And uh, the the way they introduce that as like the ending of like and obviously they have like the post and mid credit stuff, but like to end the movie on that too, to have just like a, a legit Raimi horror movie ending like that, where it seems like you know everything's gonna be honky dory, and then the music starts to distort, and then the fucking third eye happens. You're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, like like I was gonna say is you know some of the stuff took me took me back uh, as someone who's like familiar with how weird the character gets, but to just standard mcu moviegoers just like <laughs> how weird they could find and react to this movie is fascinating to me that <laughs> they just fucking went for it dude right yeah the thing that weirds me about the third eye is the way they make it look where it's like embedded and it has like its own eyebrow and stuff like it's, it's so weird it's so fucking weird um, it's unsettling to look at it, it really like is. makes you uncomfortable and i think that's intentional i, th- I think they intentionally made right. it because, like, I feel like they could make it more seamless, but they're like, no, motherfucker, it's a third eye in his forehead. You should be unsettled by it. <laughs> right. And you should be unsettled by the mid-credits thing where he appears, like, just fine using it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's really strange. The uh, The thing that I think I appreciate the most about this movie, though, is... You know, we we've talked about this before... Um, like on uh, different streams and stuff where video games taking advantage of the fact that they're a video game, right? Like the Stanley Parable does. Yeah. Uh, This movie takes full advantage of its medium and plays with the fact that it is a movie. Like it does things that only a movie can do, like the music battle, right? Mm. You're not going to get that. That's not going to come across a book 
Uh, you're not going to do that in a TV series. And a video game is not going to be an interactive thing. But to be sitting in a movie theater, enveloped in sound, right, with a giant, the entire wall in front of you being a screen, is the only way you're ever going to get to experience that battle. They do the same thing with the characters and the different versions of Doctor Strange himself and uh, everything. It's just seeing how weird things can get and everything. It takes full advantage of the fact that it is a movie in more ways than most movies out there in general do, you know? Yeah. How weird is it to have so like uh so far into like three decades into sam raimi's career this feels like a passion project almost well that's yeah, crazy they gave him like, the keys to the kingdom and yeah. then they left but but when you look back at like sam raimi's like career over the past few years like he uh had started just kind of like trail off like i remember he did the Wizard of Oz prequel, and he just really? ended up taking on some like strange projects for him. <laughs> ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, bum. And he, I the totally unintentional, by the way. <laughs> he, he, uh, this is feels like such a like a breath of fresh air, both as you know, someone who likes the MCU and also someone who loves like uh Evil Dead and you know, not even just Evil Dead, but just Raimi movies in general, like in some of like the he, he's he's just such a perfect fit for this character. Like he like uh you know like uh my friend Josh that I follow on Twitter, like I think he said it best, like he he like basically reinvented the character here, uh going forward, which is is really cool, you know, to that they're willing to take a like a character and reinvent them like the one that this makes me think of similarly just into different aspects and different like uh in different ways and methods to like reinvent your character but like thor like how many times thor has been reinvented and yes. he appears to be, have been reinvented yet again with the way he's he's presented in the uh trailers for was it love and thunder like they're they just i i i, I cannot love, wait i can't wait i can't wait to uh and that's one of those things too it's like you know like uh like we we talked a little bit earlier about how like um I think you had made a reference to Ragnarok. I actually have a lot more appreciation for Ragnarok now than I did back then, just because in a similar like way, they let them be weird with it. They let it feel different. They let I it be its own thing. I always appreciated it for that. I still think it's not as good as everyone says. But I agree. It is. It is. It is overrated because, like, some people say it's like their favorite MCU movie. I think that's kind of far fetched to me much. personally. Like when Endgame exists, I don't know how you can say <laughs> that Ragnarok. And obviously, you know that's a later entry, but you know you get what I'm saying, right? But I have so much more appreciation for like Ragnarok and and Love and Thunder, uh, the way that it's looking and how like they just let them be their own thing. And that's like that's the most important thing going forward is like this after a thousand movies of MCU entries, and especially on the heels of Shang Chi and the Eternals, which. We're starting to make me like I don't know about what, like the trajectory that we're going with these. This was a breath of fresh air that I, I think they do have hope in as far as at least continuing this franchise. It'll never reach what it was. Like I think people need to come to terms with like Endgame was like the end of what people think the MCU is. I think because right. there was only so much. There's only so many movies you can make. You can you only know? edge it, me for so long. Exa- Eleven exactly. years. Eleven years of edging. Yeah. Oh like my you, god. I think we have to come to to grips with the fact that it's in game was the full release. 
now yeah. now we're just cuddling with the mcu <laughs> yeah and, and just let people be fucking weird which one makes man. you more uncomfortable my analogy or the third eye <laughs> oh that's tough <laughs> probably yes probably yes <laughs> probably yes uh, the cuddle uh, puddle. An- another awesome uh, just like we were talking a little bit about the sound the uh the sequence that i think has some of the best sound sound work in the movie is where right before wanda escapes into the reflections which just the fact that i just said that fucking sentence it's like yes please yeah but that sequence very, where she gets very trapped, reminiscent of that one doctor who episode yeah <laughs> where uh that sequence where the she no gets trapped hands guy in... though why the no hands guy i i like the no hand guy yeah uh, like... he's the one if it weren't for him we wouldn't have dr strange because he kept I saying know. he couldn't do it because of his hands and then he walked up and did it all like it was nothing i know it sucks it's also just fucking <sighs> crazy just how many goddamn like uh, no wonder they got to recruit Ned now. <laughs> you know? We have any fucking wizards left, man. Right. Uh, but that sequence where she gets trapped in the mirror dimension uh, and she eventually fires. Doctor Strange has to be sick and tired of teenagers at this point, right? Absolutely. They keep fucking breaking the multiverse, <laughs> man. Straight no teenagers allowed. They have like doesn't no teenagers. Well, now they need them to refill their numbers. <laughs> like, so he's fucked. But like then. He ran into, like, literally the only person in the multiverse with this power. And now he's like, oh, shit, another teenager. It It had to be a teenager. (laughs) Goddamn teenagers. Um, I would have gotten away with it, too. I know. (laughs) We're being mentally teenagers in the multiverse. In the the multiversal teenagers, which is also probably a punk rock band somewhere. Oh, it has to be. If not, it is now. But but the sequence I was talking about where Wanda is trapped in the the mirror dimension and she fires off one of her, like, Scarlet Witch blasts and, like, the sound that the beam makes as it's, like, radiating around the room in the mirrors. It's fucking awesome. Man, I love this movie. I, I know some people are I, I just like uh, I think it's I think uh, it's Rotten Tomatoes score is interesting oh, yeah? uh, in that it's at like a 74 oh. percent, which is interesting to me because I actually think that's a good thing. Yeah, it I, is. like it's a good thing because they're actually daring people to not like it. They're breaking it out of the mold and letting it be its own thing and and not making it as milk toast as it possibly can, you know. I, I I think it's I think it's good. I I think we need to let them continue down this this uh, trend. I think I've talked about pretty much like oh uh, just real quick. I think like an unsung hero. Like oddly enough, I think uh, Benedict Cumberbatch with like the way he plays the different renditions of Strange. He, I think this is a really underrated performance because he always has like little distinct differences between like when he's like the you know like the first Doctor Strange at the beginning that ends up right. being like the zombie. Just the way he acts when he is the zombie, I think is really good. Like he really sells like how twitchy he is, like when he's talking. Right. I think is is really good. Uh the sequence where he's talking to himself uh in the uh is it excursion, is that what they call it when the universe the incursion. Is? The incursion, okay, thank you. Where he's talking to himself in that scene and he talks about how like you know, like his his sister had died and he's having just all these conversations Sounds with other versions. Right. When he's having just all these other conversations with himself and to have like the characters be clearly different. I, I think it's an underrated performance. Are we going to have another incursion? You think? Cause Probably. they made a big point about the dark hold uh, being destroyed in the entire multiverse. But Dr. Strange made a point in the first movie about his photographic memory. 
and he's seen the Darkhold. So it still mm-hmm. exists in his mind. It's also interesting too. Where do you think they go with his character? Like, uh, as far as like the third eye and like, do you think they're going to have uh, like an ongoing plot line of how he can't really control himself and he's leaning darker just because of, you know, like what he's been exposed to. I mean, they could, he's always been about like absorbing demons and shit. Right. Which he's been doing by the way, we didn't even talk about that. He summons hydras and there's like this one eyed Cyclops pig thing that eats a thing at one point that he summons. Like we didn't even talk about that shit. Yeah, true. Uh, also, also that that scene where he generates the spectral buzzsaw to chop the thing in half <laughs> that's coming at them is really cool to see. Yeah, I, I like the way that. By the way, that whole moment, he walks out. There's just this bus floating in the air, imploding on itself, and he's like, "The fuck!" So <laughs> he does like the iPhone like zoom in motion with his hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it right, reveals the monster, and as soon as it's revealed, it turns and looks at him. Like, it knows he did a thing. And then it. he literally does a hand motion that just explodes the bus into one of those explosion diagrams, and you're looking at a manual for, like, a part number. Um, it just explodes the bus to reveal her. I thought that was really cool. When he's possessing the, like, giant hands to use yes. the, like, was it like a like a huge light, light post? Pole? Yeah, as as a weapon is fucking great. Uh, oh, it's also just what's also just funny uh, is, you know, I, I think I talked about in the actually I think we might have talked about it earlier in the episode for the question. Uh, we recently watched the live action Aladdin. And I, I, it's so funny to me. Doctor Strange's cloak is an homage to the carpet from Aladdin. Absolutely. But but now but now when I see the carpet in Aladdin, it, it it's almost like reversed in my brain now. Like I was gonna the tell original you, in the bus source. scene, in the bus scene, America Chavez actually lands on it and rides it like carpet. Like yeah, <laughs> but, but like it, it's like it should be the other way around. Doctor Strange's cloak should remind me of Aladdin, but now it's just Aladdin's carpet reminding me of the awesome cloak <laughs> in Doctor Strange. You remember in the first movie when it wraps itself around the guy's head and just starts slamming his head to the ground over and over and over? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I also love that scene in the in the in the sequel where. Doctor Strange has been knocked out cold, and it, it, they have like a hard cut to the cloak, just like slapping him left and right across the face yes. to wake him up. Um, in Infinity War, when he gets squeezed to the point of unconsciousness, it flies off with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking uh, love that thing. Uh, I, I love they're treating it more and more like the Invisible Man, because after it is slapping Doctor Strange, and then America needs help, it literally turns around as if like it's being worn by a guy. Oh, yeah. When it turns around to look behind it towards her, mm-hmm. it literally turns around like it's being worn by a person and then floats in that direction. It doesn't, and it's not acting like a piece of cloth. It's acting like it's on someone and then turns around and looks and then flies off that way. Yeah. I'm just looking, looking through the images on IMDb and I found the one that is fucking zombie Doctor Strange with the, the Deadite hands and, and wings. Yes. Oh, my God. This is like gonna be my fucking Twitter banner for everything now. I love it so much. Also, props to the MCU for uh I mean they did it they did it one time in WandaVision as kind of a joke, uh a wink and a nod. But I'm I'm really glad that there's not like well as WandaVision as WandaVision, as Wanda got more evil, she just didn't get sexier and sexier costumes. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You know, like that's usually mm-hmm. the way 
the way that goes is apparently as women turn evil, they get more loose and uh, they they wear more and more scantily, uh, you know, they're more and more scantily clad, but she's, yeah. uh, her costume is badass. I love that costume. I like the touch too, like where her like fingers are blackened from like the spells and like, shit. Like Agatha. Yeah. Agatha's awesome. like that also. Uh, this is the... The one-eyed octopus monster is on the poster, by the way, to the movie. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that. Uh, where do you think they take, like, a... I, I, I'm actually really curious to see where they go with Wanda's character now. Because they have... Uh, do you think... I think we're going to be cool on Wanda for a little bit. I, I think they're eventually going to have another season of WandaVision that is about the... Because uh, I don't think she's dead. No, she's uh, not dead. Uh, and I think, uh, I think, because they, you remember in WandaVision, they kept the other vision alive, right? Right. So I could see them doing another WandaVision, uh, like uh, maybe even a shorter season, maybe like even four episodes instead of what, whatever it was, six or seven last time, of uh, like Wanda having removed herself like from the Scarlet Witch and, you know, it, like uh, her kind of like reconnecting with that vision. I could see them doing that. That's like almost like a like a follow-up to both WandaVision and, and this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just think, I think this movie is like just fucking tailor-made for me. Uh, just, just, just checking off all the boxes that I was, I was wanting out of this. And, and like, I, I had told you like that I had been so excited about this one specifically and it, it like still, usually when I get that hype, I end up being let down and I was happy that this actually met my expectations personally and, you know, it's not a perfect movie. It has problems. There are better entries in the MCU, but this is one of my favorites. Right. Uh, it, this is easily in my like top five, uh, just as far as how fucking bonkers uh, and horror related it is. Like, of course it was for me. Uh, mm -hmm. where, 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 where do you kind of like come down on it? Oh boy. Like, just in general. I don't know. I would have to, uh, I'd have to think about that one. It's tough. Cause it's, it's almost like apples to oranges, you know, trying to, to think about in that context is like, how do you compare Dr. Strange to, to the winter soldier? You yeah. Know, the, the, my, it's also hard. my top five is, is pretty full. I think there's more than five in my top five to begin with. Yeah. And two of them, I think are basically two halves of the same movie. Um, I, I just real quick. I was thinking about this. I wanted to bring this up on the show. Do you think we're ever going to see Dr. Strange win? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, because that was the whole crux of the first movie, right? First, he mm -hmm. loses every time he encounters Mads Mikkelsen. He loses to Baron Mordo every time he trains with him. Uh, he loses to Dormammu again and again and again and again and again. And that's all just in the first movie. Then in uh, Infinity War, he loses to Thanos. Well, first off, he gets captured. And then taken to Thanos' home planet and then he sees that he has to lose to Thanos to save everybody and then he's dust for five years and then in this movie he loses to Wanda more or less I, I think honestly just the fact that he hangs with like Wanda at all is a win right because she's Goku, so I, I consider I, I think he wins in this movie. I, I think just the simple fact that he is even able to compete in some of these sequences at all uh, is is a win for him in the win column. 
Ron is just sending me images of the fucking third eye. <laughs> I just spam. Is it, it like? Is it also like upside down? Because it's it's like uh it's got some like weird proportions to it with like the. I think they just copied eye. and pasted one of his eyes and then rotated it upside down or something. I don't know. It's so fucking weird. It's I love it. So weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably all we had to say about uh, Doctor Strange 2. This is one all... Uh, this is probably going to go into my... not Maybe not yearly, but pretty regular like Halloween rotation. I could see me I just like busting out. I could just see me busting out, you know, my copy of Doctor Strange 2. Or, you know, it'll be on Disney Plus. So just watching it on there or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like that. You know, like... Uh, that's the kind of way I see it uh, going forward. And could, could not... You're going to tell me fucking zombie Doctor Strange uses the souls of the damned as wings, turning himself into a Bloodborne boss. And like, I'm not going to pick it for the show. Are you high? Like, of course I'm going to pick it for the show. Yes. I, sometimes it's wings and sometimes it's a cape. Like in this image it's a, that I'm sending you now, it's a cape. Like, it, yeah, it but, goes but when he's like, uh, but when he's actually like crossing the, the ravine, the streams. it's like, it, it like, it like, it like flaps like huge wings it's yeah so, it's so crazy it's so good love it uh so uh i'll let ron introduce the next film here in just a second but just real quickly if you would like to follow the show more you can always uh subscribe to us on whichever platform that you found us on whatever podcatcher you use uh we're on twitter at spr filmcast if you want to check us out for show updates uh please uh leave any uh, ratings or reviews on whichever platform you're on always helps us out and uh ron you got anything you'd like to plug this time uh yeah i'm at ron sense on pretty much all the things ron sense tv um twitter and youtube uh i'm kind of torn on what to do for my next movie uh i thought i'd have it figured out by the time i yeah i like we, we took a like a, a brief we basically skipped an episode so you had a, a whole month instead of two weeks and i like how you don't know what you're gonna pick well <laughs> So, with uh, the loss of Fred Ward, that I I had thought about picking one movie there, but I don't know. Just everything in the news and everything going on, I kind of wanted to focus on something more positive. I can't really mm -hmm. figure out what I uh, what I want to do. So. I think I'm going to let you pick between two completely different movies. Um, I was going to do the first Tremors as a Fred Ward tribute or um, the one of the most positive, good feeling, good vibe movies I think I've ever seen in my life is Moana. Okay. And I just don't know which way, uh, which way I want to go. If I want to go to Happy Place or... I mean, they're both kind of a happy place for me. Uh, Tremors and Tremors Two are two of my favorite movies, but you pick whichever one you want, man. It is yours. Like I'm not gonna pick for you. You got to pick one. Mm. Your selection, and I, I'm I'm good either way. By the way, here's the other piece of the puzzle. My next two picks were gonna be Tremors and Tremors Two, <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know. Cut in the Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about about doing something here. 
if you want more time to think, of, to think about it, we can also just announce it on Twitter, like we did with this one. Yeah. If you want more time. I think I, I think I, I think I have to do Tremors just because Fred Ward, with the passing of him recently. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I know Fred Ward was was many things, and he was always great in everything he was in. And he did all kinds of different movies and and TV appearances and stuff. But if I hear the name Fred Ward, I'm thinking Earl Bassett. Yeah, I, I, I am not as big of a Tremors guy as you are, and that was still the first thing that came to my mind when I heard the news. Was I, I think when I think of him, I see him as that character in Tremors, so I, yeah. I totally get it. So I think uh, I think I'm going to have to go ahead, and uh, you already know my next two picks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, with a little bit of Jeff in the middle. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm never saying that again. Just where I like again. to be. Just where <laughs> oh, I like no. to be. Oh, God. Give me the third eye. Give me the third <laughs> Give eye. Give me the third eye. <laughs> Any day. Oh, man. I probably make the third... Well, I'm going to make one of the third eye images the upload image <laughs> for, this, for this episode. You should just make... You should just edit it to just the forehead for our <laughs> uh, fucking Twitter Twitter profile banner. I can't, I, I can't do that to Nick Cage plunging... <laughs> A gorilla, gorilla Grodd. I cannot. I, I. It's. It's there, Ron. I can't do it. I can't take down that image, man. It's too good. It's Nick Cage <laughs> plunging Gorilla Grodd in Willie's Wonder. Like I. I can't. It's there. As much as I love the uncomfortable third eye, <laughs> I can't do it. If we named each individual podcast the uncomfortable third eye, I <laughs> think would be the name of this episode. <laughs> Uh, is that the name of the future drama podcast? Is ever gonna happen? The uncomfortable third eye. Yep, now I just got it. an image of I just got an image of Bender with the third eye with one of his <laughs> on his forehead, with the square pupil and everything, with the Doctor Strange cloak. I would watch the fuck out of that, dude. <laughs> Where's my future drama? Goddamn Doctor Strange crossover, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been watching. Um... Futurama clips on YouTube. Mm. I watched one one time. Now my entire oh, YouTube yeah. suggestion. And, you played yourself, man. Right, and uh, one of them I completely forgotten about was Hermes trying to get into the supply closet, and he's just like, "Fry, Amy, put your pants back on. I need a stapler." And it cuts <laughs> inside the supply closet, and Fry's like, "It's totally working. They think we're making out," and they start tandem juggling. And then he goes, wait, why aren't we making out? She goes, I don't know. And they just tackle each other to the ground. <laughs> like, I fucking That's love great. that show so much. Yes. Yeah, wait, maybe we should like we do a podcast. We, we, maybe we should like do a podcast on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We need to name it. I can't come up with a name. It's, it's impossible to name. Uh, it's impossible. I have a better chance of growing a third eye on my fucking forehead than I do naming that podcast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh again uh thanks everyone for listening and have a good night oh my god how old it feels so late yeah i got like an hour nap in so i'm doing okay but if i didn't have that nap in, i would have been fucking toast for this